0: For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links, go to GabrielRutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the, the Drive Home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty free hip hop music. <laughs> Now here's your host, Gabriel. Check be check check. Driving home from SeaTac airport. Uh, my shuttle driver, uh, after I got picked up, me and another gentleman, uh, as we were driving out of the pickup area, he stopped, got out of the shuttle bus, started pounding on the window of a different shuttle bus, different shuttle bus company. You know what you did, Jiffy Park. Uh, and then started yelling at the guy in Spanish. Sounded like swearing. I don't speak enough Spanish to know. I couldn't really tell. And then he got back in the car and we drove away. And me and the other guy... Are, I think the other guy, he, he his, the butt, the ass of the shuttle bus was parked too far out. And so... uh My shuttle driver was not happy about it. And then me and the other guy in the car in the shuttle bus are kind of looking at each other like, whoa, all right. And then the driver gets back in, takes off, turns on his music, which is Christian music. It was so hilarious. He's just animatedly screaming at some other guy outside, pounding on his window, and then he, get to, he gets back and literally turns the radio on, and it's, and I sing Hosanna to the highest. I'm like, all right. Not perfect, just forgiven. God, let me have a drink on my I don't know what it is about flying. It just squeezes the moisture out of you like a sponge. Mm. I actually like my water like I like my women. I need it to live. Uh, I am flying, I just got back from New York City. Did uh, 10 shows in three days at the Comedy Cellar in New York. Uh, was only supposed to do nine got added on another one that was nice but it's a little uh it's a little bittersweet coming back this is my third trip uh one audition and then I went back and did sets another time this is the second time I went back and did a bunch of sets bittersweet because it was fun and great I mean I don't have to tell you I was potty trained in an outhouse and now i'm doing sets at the One of, if not the most prestigious comedy clubs on God's green earth. But what's bittersweet is like, you know, it's kind of like back to reality. It's like, oh, if I lived here, this is the world I would have. This is, you know, these would be my friends. These would be, (laughs) you know. Uh, but that's whatever we all have a different path also it's worth pointing out that yeah some of the best comedians in the world go to the comedy cellar but there's also some ones there that I'm like they're not very good and uh, as a person who's real plugged into comedy people I never heard of I'm sure they never heard of me either but you know It's not like everyone else but me at the Comedy Cellar is a famous millionaire. But some of them are. I mean, I, I haven't seen like the old school kind of Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K. Hmm? Uh, I haven't seen any of those people in the time I've been there. <clears throat> but Andrew Schultz was there. Maybe you don't know him, but he is easily a multi-millionaire. Huge YouTube views, huge more than one podcast, you know. Massive specials. And I have to say, it is super hilarious to see someone that you know is a multi-millionaire sign a sheet of paper and then receive a $40 payment from the staff of the comedy cellar. (laughs) I mean, what is he going to do? Not take it? Of course you take it. But the the comedy cellar on McDougal Street was 50 bucks a set, and then like around the corner, Village Underground's 50 bucks a set, and then Fat Black Pussycat Lounge was 40 a set. It pays more on the weekend, I think. I've never been here on a weekend, but... It's just sort of funny. He probably made in YouTube revenue more money in the 15 minutes he was on stage than the $40 he got paid easily. But that's also a weird thing about being a stand-up comic is like you're around these other people, and some of them are very talented. But you're also like, hey, we all do the same thing. How come some of us are poor and some of us are millionaires? That's weird. There is a little bit of a randomness to it. Not that, you know, I think most of the people at the top have a very unique skill and drive. I'm not saying there's, it's all luck. (sighs) Who else did I see? Who else did I work with? Uh, Dave Attell. Uh, actually, one night, he didn't... They're like, you're closing because Dave Attell is not going to make it. Uh, and I was worried about it for a second because I thought the crowd would think Dave Attell was coming and then it would be me. But I don't think the crowd knows who's going to be... I don't think... It wasn't an issue. It was fine. Um, Dave Attell, Sam morell, Mark Norman... too many to remember, honestly. But, yeah, really, I mean, I did 10 sets. I would say I was 10 for 10 in good sets. I was about 7 out of 10 for great sets. Which ain't bad. Uh, I did, I had one show where I started real slow. I don't know, I don't know, if you're a comedian, maybe you can identify, but sometimes you're like, I think I started with a weird energy, and then later you're like, did I really start with a weird energy, or was it just my turn to have the crowd be weird? But I feel like I started with weird energy. Uh, So, you know, I'm like 60 seconds in, 90 seconds in, and I'm not bombing, but I'm like, this is not nearly the level I wanna be at. But then, you know, minutes three to 15 or whatever were pretty good. But it really, it kind of, this trip I was like, I mean, obviously I wanted to do well every show, but it's like, it doesn't, you know, I'm not bringing a notebook out and doing new shit, but I'm also like, it's just comedy. I'm just doing sets. There's not that much on the line, you know? The president of show business is not waiting (laughs) with a business card to talk to me after a set. fact, I can't remember his name, I wish I could, but one of the people I was talking to who was hosting one of the shows, Ryan, damn it, and it doesn't matter, I shouldn't even have said that, because I don't remember it, uh. I was talking to him about how long he'd been passed at the Comedy Cellar, and he's like, 2014. And he's like, you know, it's great. It's really, really great. Because I was saying, you know, it's hard for me to go home. I feel like I'm a part of things, and I want to keep coming. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'll be back in six months. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? It's awesome. But, and he was sitting in front of a plate of nachos, and he points at the nachos, and he goes, it's the same nachos everywhere. And you know what? He's right. (laughs) It's awesome to be there, but it's it's the same nachos everywhere. I also had a joke not, my Coinstar joke, if you're familiar. Uh, one night, it didn't bomb, but it didn't do that great. And then I realized it was just like way too many foreign people in the crowd. I don't mean like, that like, <laughs> for the joke, I mean. There were too many foreign people. I'm getting a real uh, not American doesn't know what a coin star machine is vibe from this <laughs> room right now. But I committed to the fucking bit and I finished it. I think that's it is a very international audience at the Comedy Cellar because it's people, it's tourism, you know, it's people from France and wherever, Belgium and Asia, and it's like. Some of my, that, you know, that's a very American-specific joke I had. And then I, I ended up not doing it. I think that was the third set, and I think I never did that joke again after. Because I'm like, oh, why well, take the chance. I have other jokes. But I'm glad when I did my audition, I w- didn't overthink it. Because uh, I, did, I did that joke for my audition. And uh, knowing what I know now, I probably wouldn't. But it did well at the audition. but also very young, a very, a fairly young audience, you know, especially at a show that starts at 1230 or whatever, but anyway, met some people, saw some people I knew, that was fun, my old buddy Nathan McIntosh was there, I did two back-to-back years, I did like 20-something day Canadian tours with uh, Nathan and another guy. So we were like in a band for a couple years. Oh, it's great to see him. He is so goddamn hilarious. Look up Nathan McIntosh. Also, uh, Caitlin... Oh, shit. Palooza? Palooka? Oh, boy. Uh, I feel like that last name's definitely not right. But she was hilarious. Absolutely uh, just a killer. I got to see her perform a couple times. Uh, you know material and crowd work. She's very crowd worky. i I'm going to say this. uh, This is a lot of inside comedy talk, but you know, crowd work videos are like big online right now. Meaning, you know, what what do you do for a living or something funny happens in the crowd and you post it online and it's cool because you're not really burning your content and it's really making careers. People are getting millions and millions of views on these things. And I post them too. I'm not really getting millions and millions of views on the crowd work videos. Well, that's not true, one of them. Uh, But, I saw a bunch of people who I know are really big on Instagram or wherever, at the Comedy Cellar, and I watched them perform, and man, they're, comedians are just fishing for it now. They just not that there's no jokes, but they're just walking up like, how long have you guys been dating? What's going on with you? And it That's sort of like what you do as a host of a comedy show. But like when you're the fourth guy in and you're like, how long you been married? It's weird.
1: And I'm not anti-crowd work. I even
0: have, I did some, I think I have a video. Cause I asked, a—I <laughs> asked a guy if he had a safe word and, uh, well, actually, you, there's, one, <laughs> there's one they give you the videos of uh, the sets if you ask for them, I, I think, I hope. I haven't gotten it yet, but there was one moment that I did not ask for video from that was pretty funny, but I don't know if I have the balls to put it up online uh, because uh, I said my age and for some reason a lady yelled out my birth year By the way, my wife and I are both 49 years old. Our problem during sex is not that it is over with too quickly. 1973! Is it Autism Awareness Month? You're going to have to wait till Pride's over. Yeah, no, you're right. 1973. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I want the uh, neurodivergent keyboard warrior community to come after me for making fun of autism. But but there is one video that I am going to put up. I think if I get it, uh, because I was I was talking to this uh, guy who told me he was at Pride the night before, and. That was when I got there on Sunday. I mean, I know it's Pride Month, but that particular Sunday, June 25th, was, I mean, chaos. Chaos. As (laughs) a podcast listener to Michelle, who came to two of the shows, two shows she came to, drove down from Pennsylvania to see me. Unbelievable. And also gave me a ride home. Through the chaos, back to my hotel. Uh, but it was just like, you know, thousands of people on the streets. I mean, it was pretty crazy. It wasn't like a parade. It was just like people playing music and dancing and like some people, I don't know, like standing on cars going, I was going to say standing on cars going down on each other, but I guess they were going up. There were two, not to assume gender, but there were like two ladies going up. And so I had a little fun uh joking with the uh gay gentleman at the comedy show about uh the gay pride events of the night before. I don't know why it's always fruit. Why is the safe word always fruit? Banana, pineapple, you look like you have one. What's your safe word? Cheez-its. <laughs> you know what? If someone said cheez its to me, I would want to fuck! <laughs> Jesus isn't a negative. Although it's a good one to say if your mouth is full. So that's a good call on cheez Okay, okay, okay. You were right on that. You, you like woke up this morning like if someone asked, I'm fucking saying it. It's Pride. It's Pride. It's pride. Right. Well, I didn't know Cheez-Its had a sponsorship with Pride this year. Let's thank the good people at Nabisco for sponsoring... When shit goes too far for this gentleman, <laughs> it's all good. There was a lot of pride. There was a lot of pride last night. I'm gonna be honest. It's the most homophobic I've been in my life. <laughs> no, I love, I love all gay people. But I, I, I was trying to go home, and I'm like. I'm not anti-crowd work. I'm not, you know, I have specific times I react to things as they happen and sometimes those moments happen. And then also I have specific times where I just go, I do ask the crowd things. I'm not, but it, I don't know. It's, it feels, I felt it, I felt it be forced a little bit with some of the performers. In my opinion, obviously I'm giving no names. But you can't really blame them, because it's like, hey, something fun happens. This keeps, you know, whatever. They have hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers or TikTok followers, and they they need the content, and they know what it can lead to. But it's like, I don't know, man. By the way, it's very very odd for me to, uh, you know, when I was talking to... uh, who I'm going to call a podcast listener, Michelle. Uh, she listens. She knows a lot of... You guys who listen know a lot about me, I forget that because I am in my car talking to myself like a goddamn lunatic. And sometimes I forget there's people on the other end of this. But it was very funny because a couple episodes ago... I was talking about how uh, I don't know why, but compliments from black people mean more to me as a white man. And uh, I, w- you know, I was talking to uh, Michelle and her cousin, and uh, at the Olive Tree, which is upstairs from the comedy cellar. And then a bunch of comedians were leaving, and they were some of them said nice things to about about me or about my set or whatever, and some of them were black. And then Michelle looks at me and goes, "It means more, right?" And I'm like, "God damn it!" <laughs> oh shit! That was a pretty cool too. I, I had I had a handful of people come see me on purpose uh, for those shows, and so that was great too. also when I'm you kind of got to walk around the block to get between the different clubs and uh some lady asked if she could get a selfie and I go yeah and I assumed she was at the show I just did uh and I said so I said were you at the show and she goes no but I follow you on Instagram I love you I'm like okay that's I did not expect that That feels good on a New York street. What color was she? Why does that matter? Why would you bring that up? She was also black. Anyway, um. I don't see color unless it's fans of me. And then I notice. Uh, Nathan reminded me Nathan McIntosh uh, got a special on YouTube you should watch uh, Money Never Sleeps I believe it's called it's kind of a money themed special very funny Uh, he reminded me when we were on the Canadian tour uh, he said he tells people this story I wrote he just left his notebook out and I wrote in it you're a good person and then uh he said he asked me why did you write that and i go cuz you are and also if you believe it you can quit comedy <laughs> oh boy there's a little too much truth in uh, that but there was actually uh when andrew schultz was on stage um He said a joke that a woman in the audience literally said, she literally yelled out from the audience, you can't make that joke. That's something to do with trans people. I will not be quoting the joke. Uh, But that was the topic of the joke. That was the subject of the joke was trans people. And someone in the crowd said... You can't say that joke. And he just kind of laughed. Uh, but I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, wow. That was like an internet comment in real life. Caitlin Peluso? I think it's Caitlin Peluso. Anyway, I met her at the uh, Laughing Skull Festival in the 2017. Which, uh... that's another cool thing about having done comedy so long is it's like if I go into a room and there's 10 comedians there I probably I have a connection to at least one of them probably just from something somewhere uh, which helps because it is a little especially day one even though I've been there before it's like where do I sit where should, where should I go uh, you know who I check in with So it's nice to see someone who's like, "Hey, I know you." But yeah, it's not I mean, it's really I feel like I want to get there more than every six months, but it is hard, because it's not, if I worked a few more East Coast clubs, it would be easier, because then I could do it before I did those clubs, but it's, you know, it's a financial hit, it's not that big a deal, but I, you know, I'm lucky enough I can afford it at the moment, but it's also, I'm not, it's more time away from home, I'm not, uh... Working a place I would make money, I'm actually costing myself money to go there. But it, and it's also, like I said, it's not like the president of show business is there waiting for me. It's not like, who knows what anything can lead to, right? You never know what weird connection will lead to something else, to something else, to something else. And that's certainly probably more true uh, in New York City than it is in at the uh, Taste of Washington at the Puyallup Fairgrounds, which is my next gig. It's still not like, oh, I gotta, I have to go to New York because all this amazing shit will happen for my career. That's probably not true, but it's just fucking cool. It's a place I never thought I would be. Not that I didn't deserve to, but it just wasn't in in my orbit. So it's just fucking cool. And I'm just grateful. And when people kind of look at me like, who the fuck are you in a good way? That's the like, yeah, we all have a different path, man. I... (laughs) I did road work for 20 years before I got there. Uh, a lot of people moved to that city to do comedy to eventually try to get there and then do road work. I just did it kind of backwards a little bit. But we're all there. Actually it reminds me of a song I heard earlier. Hallelujah, praise who's in. Move your fucking van. So, yeah, I'm, uh, don't get me wrong. I am, uh, I wake up every day low key irritated because I am a human being on planet Earth. But, like, I have a lot to be grateful for. I've gotten to do a lot of fun comedy shit. And I made more money than I used to. And man, whoever said money can't buy you happiness was poor. (laughs) I don't even have enough money that I'm saying that like as a rich person. But when I have enough money that it's like, should I take the train from the airport? to the subway, to the hotel? Or should I just just take a $80 Uber ride? I'm like, get me in the Uber, I don't give a shit. That does make my life better. When when I don't have to stress about every single expense. Some peace of mind. I was actually thinking about that because I just watched uh, Titanic with my daughters because they wanted to see it. You know what? Holds up. Pretty good movie. But I feel like movies a lot. they do this thing a lot and TV shows and all art I think does this thing where the, th- the theme the lesson they're kind of trying to show you is rich people suck and they're really boring, and poor people are where it's at. They're the ones having all the fun. Like, you know, the rich people party on a Titanic's like, Hoo, ho, ho. and then it's like, you want to go to a real party? And then there's like, you know, dancing and music and drinking and, and look, I'm not saying that can't be true. I'll say this. Most of the art comes from poor people. Most of the good art. But I mean, is it, it's like, it's like the Illuminati is making these movies (laughs) to give us the lesson that no, 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 we might not have money, but this is what we want. This is where we want to be. Who would want money? Who would want that hassle? Our lives are real. So yeah, there's a little more soul in a person who wasn't raised with wealth. But I think it's a little overstated. And I say that as someone who struggles when I'm around wealth sometimes. Like if I if I do a show for a venue or a private event where everyone is like very, to me, stuffy or sort of like more wine than beer people. Like I, I have to fight my own instincts to not get all huffy and like feel little inferiority complex you know. So I get the sentiment. Sometimes when the people in the room are too rich I'm like oh am I a fucking clown to you people and then I'm like well actually I, I literally am. That's why they're paying me. Oh, oh, oh. Aruga! Anyway, my brain's not working that well. I'm tired. I just wanted to get out my New York thoughts uh, while they were still somewhat fresh. Also, yesterday I went to the uh, 9-11 memorial. Uh, I was staying in like, the financial district. like uh, You know that bowl? You know the bowl? The bowl they always show? I was like right around the corner from that. And then I saw a sign that said 9-11 Museum or whatever, and I'm like, well, how far away is that? It was like 0.8 miles. So I walked over there. Uh, Turns out the 9-11 Museum, turns out the 9-11 Memorial Museum is closed on Tuesdays. They actually had a sign out front that said, never forget, we're closed on Tuesdays. But, uh, they, you know, they still have the, uh, it's like these, uh, f- not fountains because they're like low. Is it still a fountain? I don't know. They have these uh, water things kind of like dug into the ground with flowing water and then the names of all the people who, who died in the buildings. It's still pretty intense. And there was a... It's so weird. There's so many people taking selfies and pictures. And I just don't know what for. I guess the idea of any picture when you're on vacation or whatever is like, I want to remember where I was. And I guess that makes sense for a 9-11 memorial too. But it's just a little weird. Are we building four fell like I don't? Weird, very weird. So weird, I took a picture of the people taking pictures of themselves and I posted it. That's not true. I feel very vulnerable right now. <laughs> Someone else tell me your safe word. Safe word, I think I know your password too. <laughs> Also, I feel like that's the tone you use it in. (laughs) You want a safe word that sounds good when you're yelling and not like, safe word. (laughs) No, it doesn't hurt. I'm bored. (laughs) Anyway, I'll probably uh, be poor again soon enough. (laughs) And on that positive note, we're going to call that a podcast podcast. Goodbye.